here to remind you that the views expressed by hosts and guests of Radio Free Brooklyn do not represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? I trust that you all had a wonderful week and that all of your heart's desires were filled, right? And if they weren't, just knowing that they will be, if they are in accordance with God's purpose, they will be satisfied. And now I know you probably say, well, why she had to go and put that in there? Because you know what? I had to put that caveat in there to remind those of us who 
don't understand the kingdom and how it really works, it's not about God giving you your wish list. Spoiler alert. I know. When I found that out, I was like, what? Yeah, we have to remember that all that we want and do and look forward to, it's all about bringing glory to God. It's always been about bringing glory to God. We just happen to reap some benefits on the side while we do it. But the entire picture here was for his glory. I know. So here we are one week after Resurrection Sunday, which was Easter last week. And this is, I believe today is Orthodox, Orthodox Easter. I'm not sure. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And much like the disciples, we are wondering what just what just happened? Where were we were all so happy? And now we're right back into our daily lives. Right? Jesus paid the price. He died on the cross. He took our punishment. Now what? And that's today's topic. That's the topic for today's subject. Now what? Now what you say? Can I tell you that this is the same question that the disciples asked themselves when Jesus died? Now what? With their hands up in the air. They were mourning the loss of their friend. They were mourning the loss of a family member. Literally, John, that was Jesus's cousin. Because Salome was Mary's sister. And you all know that Mary was Jesus's mother, right? They were hurting. See, they had gotten to know Jesus way beyond what they had expected. He turned out to be mind-blowing. Picture this. Have you ever met a person and you had this preconceived notion about them? Like when you first, you know, you see as you're approaching someone and say a friend of yours is introducing you or even if it was a boss or another coworker, you see the person standing there. And as you're walking up, you in your mind, you're already formulating something about this individual just by looking at them, the way they're standing there, their demeanor, the expression that might be on their face, the clothes they might have worn that day, their hairstyle, their shoes, the bag, the briefcase, something. You automatically, when you're looking at them, you automatically have a picture in your mind of what this person is like, or so you think. And then after you got to really sit down to get to know them and talk to them, they were something totally different from what you expected. Think about it. They didn't know that when Jesus approached them that he was going to give them the greatest gift that they could ever possibly imagine. And I know you're probably saying, oh, yeah, they didn't know he was going to die on the cross. No, I'm talking about before he went on the cross, he gave them the greatest gift. 
He gave them all the ability to walk with God. Think about that. In the Old Testament, the only one that was ever said to have walked with God was Enoch. In the New Testament, the disciples walked with him. Everyone he encountered, if he had a stroll with them, was in his presence. They all were able to be in the presence of God. And that was every day. Hanging out, kicking back, laughing, just living life. Much like us today. Oh, you say we don't walk with God today? Oh, yes, we do. He's in our presence every day. The only difference is we don't see him physically, but we do see him. We see him in nature. We see him in the weather. We see him. We see him every day. He's with us here every day. But just like the disciples in the beginning, we were only looking at him for what he could do for us. That's what some of us look at him for now. What could he do for us? Oh, you say you're the Messiah? Okay, so you're going to come here and you're going to change all this anarchy that's going on with the Romans? You're going to come here and just, you know, take over? That's what they were looking for. They were looking for him to start a war and just free everything and take over. Much like us, when we look for God to just be like, okay, God, just take over. Do what you got to do. Listen. They knew the scriptures just like we knew the scriptures, just like we know the scriptures. They knew one day that a Messiah was coming. Like we know, and we're awaiting the return of Christ. But they were expecting someone different to do something different. They weren't expecting the Messiah to be one of them. Act like one of them. Eat, sleep like one of them. Matthew 20, 28, New King James Version. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, Jesus came and he had such a meek and humble spirit about him. He was just so calm. And when I think about it, when I think about how Jesus would have looked back then with everything that was going on, with the oppression with, you know, from the Romans and people not having everything that they needed and people being sick and people just working, you know, toiling at whatever task they had to do like us today, and he just came along, and he would just talk to them, and he would say things to them that a lot of times went right over their head, and they would just be looking at him like, who is this? And he would be calm. He wouldn't get excited. You know, we only saw him get excited that one time when he was in the temple when they were, of course, Selling things. Well, they weren't in the temple. They were outside in the courtyard, you know, selling and bartering and cheating people out of their money. But for the most part, when he walked and he didn't even walk around like 
It's all about me. He didn't even walk around like that. See, that's how you know when someone has something about them, like talking about Jesus. When you know who you are, you don't have to walk around telling everybody who you are by boasting or bragging or he only went to the synagogue to tell those Pharisees and Sadducees who he was because they were in there doing religious rituals, you know. So he just went to the book and was like, hmm, let me just let them know I'm here. They want to act as though, oh, they're waiting for me. And they just, you know, being so holy or waiting for me to come. And this is how they're going to act when they see me. Well, hello, guys. Yoo-hoo. I'm here. He wanted to let them know. But from the time he let them know that he was here, it's like all hell broke loose for them. They were like, oh, this can't be. He's blasphemous. He's this. He's that. What is he doing? Why is he doing this? But if they really, really, really believed the scriptures that they were reading all the time, they would have saw that everything that he was doing was already written. It was written. They should have been saying, hmm. Yeah, look at this part. He just did what they said he was going to do from so-and-so-and-so. If they were really reading for what they should have been reading for. And Luke 19.10 tells us, For the Son of Man had come, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So he came to save us because we were lost. Remember, Jesus was the plan, and they were expecting someone totally different from them. Truth be told, for his part, Jesus could have just come to earth and died, and the plan would have been fulfilled. Right there, quick and easy. Follow me with this, because if you think about it, think about what the plan was. Jesus was sent to be the lamb to atone for our sins. And in the process, snatched the keys of death from the devil. Because he said in Genesis 3.15, I will bring enmity between her seed and between the seed of man and the seed of Satan, right? Seed of the devil. He was telling this to the serpent, your seed and her seed. That's what, that's what God told the serpent. But, so... If Jesus was just to follow that plan and just come, let me step on his head, crush him. He's going to bruise our heel, like I explained to you, you know, give us little obstacles, distractions that keep us off our game. But in the end, his head gets crushed. Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus could have just came, died on the cross, snatched the keys, boom, bang, boom, mission accomplished. But. For the love that God had for us, for the love that he had for us, a love so deep it propelled him to want to spend time here with us, to show us where we went wrong and how we could get it right. And every person that he encountered was taught something. Every meeting was a teachable moment for them to learn something about themselves and also for us today 
for us to learn something about ourselves. He showed us how we could live above the chaos, how we could bounce back from adversity, how we could help one another cope with the oppression of the day. Whether it be in the form of your master, which is our employers, or just family members, co-workers, and friends. He showed us how to withstand it all because, listen to this, God has given us everything we need to not just survive, but thrive. Think about it. We didn't know how to tap into what God had placed within us before Jesus came. We didn't know. We didn't even know. We didn't even, we didn't see ourselves. Well, I can't say we because we weren't there, but just man in general did not see themselves with everything that God had placed in us from the beginning. Remember back to Genesis, he made man in his image, not in his image that you can see but spiritually and morally. That's the way man was created. And yes, when the sin was created, when the sin came in, it did not change the structure of you spiritually and morally still being like God. You just had sin over you now. You just had sin in your life now. So you had to combat all that, but you were still spiritually and morally made like God. So, Each of us was given talents before we were born. Everything that you needed to be here on earth to live your life was given to you from the day you were born. It's like, okay, for example, it's like a seed. You know how they always say seeds? You plant the seed and then it's under the ground and it's all these things are happening, but you can't see it. And then one day, oh, you see something pop up through the ground, you know, through the dirt. And oh, you got a flower. Oh, you got a tree or oh, you got a weed even, right? Even weeds, they, they, hey, they germinate, germinate under the ground too. And then they pop up. So if we look at ourselves as being seeds waiting to be developed into what God purposed us to be, then you can understand. Then you can understand how we weren't aware. And when you're not aware You don't know how to expose those talents, but Jesus showed us how to do that. And most importantly, what God gave us was not for ourselves, but to help each other. See, like I said last week, and like I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, the puzzle pieces, the puzzle pieces There's puzzle pieces scattered. Yes, you have your own little section of the puzzle that you have to put together, but that little section of the puzzle fits into the giant picture of the puzzle. Now, um, when I say little section, I'm not saying that it's only six pieces. Your little section may be a 5,000-piece puzzle. Don't get me wrong. Your little... Although I'm saying it little, I'm saying it's little in comparison to everyone else's all coming together collectively. Remember, we're here for the glory of God. So your puzzle piece cannot be everything for God. It's impossible. There's no way. But we all have pieces and those pieces are supposed to be connected. 
Because if we remember, God is and has always been about relationships. And that goes back to Genesis. If you don't know anything about anything in the Bible, start with Genesis. I People always say, oh, start with John, the New Testament, you know, in the New Testament, you understand Jesus. Yeah, but before you can really understand Jesus, you need to understand the mind of God. And you get that from reading the book of Genesis, especially one, two and three. That's where you see the mind of God before they messed up. One, two, and three, that lets you understand. And if you see it, God was always about relationship. You see, when he created the heavens and earth and he created the animals and he put them all there for Adam to have dominion over, after he saw that everything else was paired up, he said it was not good for man to be alone. And that's how he created Eve. We were all created, and if you take that as an example, we were all created to interact with one another, although we don't do a good job of that. We do not do a good job of that, and I'll admit, my hand is up. I haven't always interacted with people the right way. We just don't. It's something that we have to consciously think about. You have to, you don't just automatically say, oh, yes, I'm going to be like this with this person. No, you may start out, oh, yes, I'm going to be like this. You know, no matter who comes in my way, I'm going to just be nice and happy and smile and let them say something out of their face that you didn't like. Let them just say one thing out of their face that you didn't like and see how quickly that disposition changes unless you're consciously being mindful of everything going on with you at Every moment of the day. And we try to be like that. You try to improve and get better with that. And it comes, it's a process. It comes over time. It doesn't, you're not just born a baby and be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to always be. No. It's something you have to consciously think about and work on. When you work on it, then he removes things from you and then it becomes easier. So, With all that being said, you ask, now what? What are we supposed to be doing today? Yes, we know that he wants us to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our minds. Yes, we know that he wants us to love our neighbors as we we love ourselves. Matthew 22, 37 to 39. And yes, we know that he gave us a command to spread the gospel. But what now? Now what? Now it's time to live. Oh, we thought we were living. Because I know I hear you saying, well, I was living. No, you thought you were living. But before Jesus, we were merely, merely existing. He came to show us how we should really live, not by following the rules and regulations sent, set up by religion, not by the rituals that they instilled, but by fulfilling everything that the Father had placed and has placed within us. The instructions that Jesus gave us are clear. Let me say it again for you. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all our minds. 
love our neighbors as ourselves? Quite clear. And if we follow them, we'll have the best life possible. It's that simple. It's that simple, but yet it's that complicated, right? Just like I said, the plan, the plan was so simple. He was going to send the seed of the woman to crush the head, the seed of the serpent. Simple plan. Simple plan. Jesus just had to come, die on the cross, shed his blood, take the keys, boom, bang, boom, done. Simple plan. Simple in theory. But look at everything Jesus had to endure. The beating, the ridiculing, spitting on him, tearing his clothes, putting on the the thorn of crowns, mocking him, calling him, oh, he thinks he's the king of the Jews, blah, blah, blah. All that being betrayed by one that he even chose. Well, he knew the one he chose was going to betray him. That's why he chose him. Because God knows all, right? But when you think about it, simple. Seemed simple when God said it in Genesis, but not so simple to follow. Just like when Jesus told us to love God, mind, body, thought, everything. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Simple, simple concept. But how easy is it for us a lot of us, to really follow that. Jesus came here not only to fulfill the plan, but to show us that there is potential in us and that we are capable of living that way. Potential to be released so that we could have happiness and abundance and peace regardless of the circumstances surrounding us. With that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. to offer The here and gone that leaves you wanting more but can't satisfy Father forgive me for taking so long to see that you're all I need with every Through my 
fear of failure chasing me I don't want to live that way I gotta have a bit more faith I will let the mountains move me I will let the problems stop me I don't want to live that way I gotta have a bit more faith I can face the lions, the giants I won't Because you live in me You're greater than the storms I face Nothing stands in your way I will let the mountains move me I will let the problems stop me I don't want to live that way I gotta have a bit more faith I can face the lions, the giants I won't tumble through the valley They won't shake me, won't break me I've seen too good to not believe 
Cause he's so, so good So, so Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. Now, as you all know, I always say there's so much to talk about. It's so hard to narrow down what to discuss when it comes to op-ed. And you know what? I really fault technology for that. Back in the day, (laughs) I hate that saying though, back in the day, that falls under the same category as, um, can I be honest with you? (laughs) Remember what I said about that one, right? Like what, you were lying to me all the time before? (laughs) So I remember years ago, I'm going to start saying years ago instead of back in the day. Years ago, we used to get news when we got news. And I know on some instances, it's good that we get everything right away. Some things. But we don't need everything all the time right away. It just bombards the mind. And then it just makes it harder for me to decide what topic to talk about. That's what I was really aiming at. It makes it harder for me to narrow it down. Because even when I say, all right, I'm only going to talk about this and I'll save that for next week. By the time next week comes, it's a whole nother set of stuff to talk about. So I don't know. But I'm just going to cover a couple of them that stuck out in my mind um, that I feel I wanted to uh, discuss. First, we'll t- I'll start off with Because I don't really know all of the particulars, so I'm going to start off with it because it's going to be short. The Supreme Court made a ruling that the people of Puerto Rico are not entitled to Social Security uh, benefits. The Social Security benefits that apply to people who can't work and who are blind and disabled... I guess that's a separate part of Social Security. And there was a guy in, there's a guy in Puerto Rico who was suing, you know, the United States saying, you know, like, why can't I get these benefits? But the court decided, see, and this is where, and see, people have to pay attention. And let me tell you, oh, speaking of court, yes, I did jury duty two weeks ago. I was on a case. I got picked for a case. It was a murder case. But one thing you have, what we as Americans need to educate ourselves with, and this, you know, when I was telling you about just the voting process, when I did the civics back, if you look in my archives, you'll see I did civics 101. When I went through the whole voting process and we have to understand, there's so many facets of our government that when we don't really understand it, we look at what they do and then we start shouting and raising our hands like, oh my gosh, how could they do this? How could they do this? It's an injustice. It's this, it's that. But if you really knew and understood, you would see that it's not. And see, a lot of us don't pay attention. A lot of us don't read, which is 
the most important thing for us to do to read. To me, reading comes right with breathing. Because if you can't read, you might as well just be dead. Because everything is written. Everything, you can't believe everything that you hear and you can't always believe everything that you read. But when you read, you can find things. You can dig, 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 dig to get to the truth. You can't get to the truth from what somebody's saying if they're saying lies out of their mouth. And the thing with the Social Security... What the court did was they upheld what the law said. And see, a lot of people have a problem with the law. And you think that certain things should supersede it. Oh, because it's not right. It's it, a lot. When it comes to law, it's not about, oh, it's not right. That's not fair. It might not be fair and it might not seem right to you, but if that's the law on the books, that's the law on the books. And that's how the Supreme Court was able to say that this man and anybody in our territories are not allowed to get Social Security benefits because the way the law is written. So now if you want that to change, A, you could become a state. And once you become a state, instead of being a commonwealth, then you're entitled to everything that all the rest of the states get or don't get. And B, you have to understand what the law says. You have to understand what the law says. And that means getting people in place to change the laws so that it benefits you. And you can only do that if you're a state and you have Congress people that can go in Congress and put forth bills and then have them vote on them and then have them become laws. That's how all that stuff works. So everyone that saw that and was all upset about, oh, how could they do that? The United States is just being racist. Yeah, we know they are. They're being themselves, but this time around, they had the law to back them up, just like with all the other things, with the civil rights movement. We had to go in. You had to march. You had to protest to get the law changed, and that's what it's all about. The law that's on the books right now, you have to get that changed so that it's worded correctly so that when it does come up before the Supreme Court, they can then interpret the law because that's all they do. They just interpret the law. They don't make decisions based on how they may personally feel about an issue. Yes, they may feel the issue's wrong, but if the law says that's the way they have to, that's the way they have to the rule. They have to rule that way. So that was just a little tidbit. And I got a better understanding of that from when I served in jury duty. It's all about what the law stipulates. My next topic, of course, is going to be about COVID. COVID is the star, okay? We don't want it to be the star, but COVID is the star. And I want to talk about that because I want to talk about this whole mask mandate that went crazy, that everybody was all up in arms, that they don't know what's going on. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Can I ask you a question? What is the issue with the mask situation? Either you wear it or you, you, you don't wear it. Everyone's going to do whatever they want to do anyway. But the rule is to wear the mask in certain establishments and you must follow those rules. What's so hard about that? I don't, I don't understand. It's just like example, if the weatherman says it's going to rain, he says it's going to rain, you look out and you say, ah, it doesn't look like it's going to rain to me. Those of us who are like, you know what, the weatherman said it's going to rain, even though it doesn't look like rain, let me take my umbrella just in case. And then there's going to be some of us who's like, ah, it doesn't look like it's going to rain, I'm not taking an umbrella. And you walk out the house with your hands swinging. 
okay, you don't care if it happens to rain and you get wet. You didn't bring an umbrella. Those of us who have the umbrella, we're going to be protected. The mask is to protect you. It's that umbrella. It's for your protection. Yes, it's for other people's protection as well. But you know what? It's for my protection. Because when I wear that mask, yes, I can think of it as, oh, I'm helping you, but I'm actually helping me. Let's just keep it real. When I wear a mask, I'm not wearing the mask because, oh, I don't want, oh, in case I have a cold, I don't want you to catch it. No, when I wear a mask, it's because all of you that might be walking around with whatever you're carrying, I don't want it. That's what the mask is for. That's what your umbrella is for. When you bring that umbrella out, you're not bringing that umbrella out because you want to keep everybody else dry. No, you're keeping that umbrella over your head to keep you dry. End of discussion. Now, let's go a little bit further. We know that in certain locations, they said you don't have to wear a mask. The plane, the automobiles, you know, the lifts and the Ubers, trains, and even some places of employment. Which brings me to the allegations of the teachers that were submitting fake COVID cards. You're a teacher. Really? You want to keep your job. They mandated that you get a vaccination. And I'm not telling you you had to get a vaccination. But if that's what the new rules are for your employment, you then go and you lie and you get a fake card so that you can stay. Now, look at the ramifications of this. A, you're a teacher. So look at what you're teaching your students. Right. Lie and get over. B, you don't want to get vaccinated. And then C, you're around children who you might yourself be bringing these germs into them. And then when these kids had COVID in the school and everybody was wondering, oh, where's all this COVID coming from? They're not cleaning the classrooms. They're not sanitizing like they said. No, they probably were cleaning and sanitizing, but it was your unvaccinated self that walked in there carrying the germ. Hello? You didn't think about that, did you? So now... They're going to do an investigation and see about these teachers that were saying that they had it, but they didn't really have it. So look, and even I know it's complicated with the whole mask situation because not all trains, planes and automobiles and places of employment require it. But bottom line is. We know that COVID is here. It's here. Everybody stop acting like this is something new. We've been locked down. You should see that the that it is real. People have died. People are still getting it. No, they're not getting it as bad, thank God. But it is still mutating and mutating and mutating. And it's going to be here for the rest of our lives. It's mutating and evolving in our lives like technology. You know how technology, every time you turn around, iPhone has a new phone, even though the last phone that they came out with does the same exact thing. It rings and you can talk to someone because bottom line, that's what the phone was for, right? If you think about it, basic, the phone was for, so I can make a call and it's convenient and I don't have to use a pay phone or have to look for a landline. I could just do it right here. If it's an emergency, I have my phone. Basic need of a cell phone. But now we've evolved to so many different things. Oh, we want to take pictures. Oh, we want to take movies. Oh, we want to take pictures of our food. Oh, we want to make sure what's going on in the news. Oh, we want to make sure what's going on in our girlfriend's life that we can't stand. But we're going to follow her on Instagram and we're going to watch everything she does. Even though everything she posts, we're going to say a comment in our head about, oh, my gosh, she thinks she's this, that and the other now. 
(laughs) All those things, that's what COVID is right now. COVID is becoming all those things that technology has become for us. So here's a little bit of advice. The same way that you wouldn't leave your house without your keys, or more importantly, that phone of yours, look at your mask the same way. Pick it up. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your briefcase. Put it in your knapsack. Put it in your bag. And keep it moving. This way, whenever you need to use it, you have it. If you're in a place where they don't require one, Boom, you're ready. If you go to a place and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't come in. You don't have a mask. Boom, you're ready. Regardless of the rule of the day, which seems to be changing constantly. Don't get all fretted about that. Okay, you could change the rules as much as you want. I got my mask. It's in my bag. I'm done. No harm, no foul. And that ends up, Ed. Word of the month. Since we are still in April is redemptive acting to save someone from error or evil and our promise for the week is coming from second corinthians 120 for all of the promises of god in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of god through us. And with that, I see my time is growing short. You can follow me on Instagram, WWK Say Today. I have a nice new link in my, if you go to my page, you see a nice little link that you could click onto and it takes you straight to all my archives. You can listen on any platform that you happen to follow. My archives are there. It even has a space for you to pose and put a question in if you there's something that you want me to talk about or if there's something you want me to look into to answer for you it gives you a spot for that too for those of you who are on Instagram and I want everybody to be safe I want everybody to have a blessed week enjoy the rest of your week May is coming up the weather is supposed to be changing somewhat to get a little warmer the weather is supposed to be changing to get a little warmer And because spring is looking like spring looks like it wants to come in, but it's not sure. It's like spring wants to come, but winter's like, no, even though it is technically spring, winter's still like, no, I'm still here until you really get rid of me. So for whatever reason, we get hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. But I want you all to enjoy your Sunday. Anything that you have planned for this week. I pray that God blesses you. I pray he blesses your hands for anything, for any task that you're about to do. Creativity flow through you. Let you, when I mentioned before that we're that you're that seed, let that seed germinate. Read the word, let it get into you to let it germinate so it can bring out all those talents that God has placed in you so that you can be the best you that you're supposed to be. I will see you next week. God willing, if he feels that we should be together again. And until then, peace.
sight to the blind I believe that the dead came to life I believe there were wonders and signs And you're still the same I believe every word that you say I believe there are scars in your hands That your goodness is good without it And you'll never change I will tell of your wonders Sing of your grace The God of creation knows me by name The Lord is faithful yesterday Success is in your hand 
Follow my plan I've called you for this hour And placed in you my power It's in your hand Follow my plan I will do exceed 